you've all got little bits of paper on your table. If you need a pen, you're going to need a pen. So if you haven't got a pen, you're going to need a pen. I thought what we would do, this is something that we've done before. When the church was about a year old, uh, we did a, th- a thing that we call like the healthy church circle. And um, I think this is quite key for us now where we're at as a church. This is something that I want, not about us as a church, but this is something I want to think, us to think of personally. Um, I think following on from what God was saying last week about being a, a tree planted by streams of living water, um, Adam had shared um, obviously what someone at another church, I nearly said their name then, someone at Faversham had sent over um, that had chimed in with that. And so it feels like God is speaking to us about something. And so I think just as we're at the cusp of changing a lot of what we do, so we're going to be multiplying into new groups. Some of you have kind of had a very light um, sort of touch with just sort of saying there's a new group going to start on a Thursday. Hopefully we're still just this month going to iron some of that out, work out the times and things. But it looks like putting this out there, it's looking like it's going to be a Wednesday and a Thursday. Um, The current Wednesday group will carry on, but I think it's going to be a bit later. It's going to be about half six till eight, we think. We're not sure yet, but probably half six till eight. Um, And that's going to be kind of like a east, uh, no, sorry, west and central Sittingbourne venue, Um, although you can go to whichever one you want. Um, And then the other one is going to be on a Thursday, probably a bit later, maybe seven till half eight, we're not sure yet. Um, and that's going to be kind of an east sitting ball and a bit central. And again, you can go wherever you want. But we're just trying to, as we multiply um, into two groups, it's to make space for what we feel God's talking to us about, which is this whole vision just behind uh, Ian over there of multiplication for the next kind. Well, not for the next year, but it's just this is the hallmark of who we are as a church. We're not going to be changing this every year. We feel like God's kind of, over the last year or two, really helped us get an idea of what he's calling us to here in Sittingbourne and we're just trying to set our stall out so that we're able to keep in step with that so that we can multiply as new people come along there's different connection points and so I think the healthy church circle which we're going to look at is from Acts 2 I put the verses up here Acts 2 42 47 um, I'm just going to explain it we're going to read it and then I've got a little exercise I want you to do then we're going to have a bit of interaction then I've got another little bit of exercise for you to do so you can either do that, on, probably better just to do it on tables. All the tables are now bigger than three, um, so that's fine. So I'm just going to read this, um, but just bear in mind, before we read it, where, where we're at in the story. So um, Jesus has, has lived his life, he's gone to the cross, he's been resurrected. Uh, the, the disciples have gone to an upper room, maybe a, this, is, this place helps me remember that. It's like an upper room, and they've gone to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Then Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. The disciples, the apostles go out onto the street. Peter is preaching the sermon of his life. And there are people there from all sorts of different nations. They're in Jerusalem, God-fearing people, there to worship the God of Israel. Um, there's also a famine in the land. So a lot of people are stuck there because they can't travel anywhere. They haven't got the resources to do anything. Um, and then what happens is in this moment, Peter preaches this sermon of repentance in, on Jesus. Everyone hears it. In their own tongue, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, there are Syrians and Cretes and all sorts of people there um, who are hearing the gospel in their own language as it's been preached by the the different people. And then there's this call, what must we do to be saved? They ask Peter and he says, well, repent for the forgiveness of your sins, be baptised, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, And they do it. It says 3,000 people were added to the church on that day. And then the very next verse we get... 
what life looks like after that, which is this. And so this is like church 1.0. This is the first group of disciples when there is no Jesus to follow. There are just the apostles and other disciples who've heard the words of Jesus. They've literally stood there and heard them. They've spent and journeyed a life with him for three years or so. Um, some a bit shorter for, his, for James, his little brother, a bit longer. He'd have seen him growing up, knows all the stories we don't get in the Bible probably. Um, and this is what the early church looks like. This is what it looks like. And so when we talk about a healthy church, these are some of the metrics. This is kind of like the church in its purest, raw, is that working? The church in its purest, rawest form. A bit loud. Turn it up a bit then. Yeah, I'll turn it up a bit. Then. Brilliant. Okay, and so it says that they, are we all got it? I'll be reading from the ESV, I think, I'm not sure. Um, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. I don't know whether that means they all supported the same football team or not, but um, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favour with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so where we have got this vision of multiplication, very much the early church, we see they've given themselves wholeheartedly to a way of life. There's some things in here that they do, there's some things in here that God does, and there's some things here that the community observing them does. So the favour, does that come from God? It certainly comes from the community within which they're living. Um, but the, the culmination of their devotion, their action, the responses of others, and the grace of God leads to this last sentence, which is the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So day one, or even before day one, was like the birth of the church, 3,000 added. And then what it looked like after that was this vision of multiplication. Day by day, numbers and numbers and numbers of people come into faith. That's what we're about. That's what we want to be about. And so there's something in this way of life that communicates this is kind of what it looks like. There's a devotion to a set of practices publicly within a community, not hidden away upstairs in a building or wherever we might be or in a home. They're, they're, they're in the community. They're in the temple. They're, in all, they're everywhere. And there's something going on. And so what I want you to do is have a little look. Um, I want you to do this on your own f at first. So there should be enough bits of paper. If there's not, just tear it in half. You can maybe share a bit of paper. We've got some spares up here. I want you to look at Acts 2, 42, 47. And I want you to just go through what are the things that are happening. You should be able to sum it up in one word. So I'll just start to give you an example. So they devoted. So there's devotion. First one. Themselves to the apostles' teaching. So you could say... Well, they've given themselves to the, the teaching of Jesus, but also apostles' teaching, so there's a sense that they've given themselves to healthy New Testament leadership as well. So there's lots of things that are going on, and then just go through, pick out what you can. We're going to have some feedback afterwards in about five minutes, so don't spend ages on it. And then what we're going to do is populate a little list, and then we're going to cherry-pick some, and we're going to make use of what we extract from this, and they'll kind of apply it to ourselves. Is that all right? So I'm going to give you five minutes. Well, yeah. 10.42 on my watch. Just picking out words. Might be things like generosity, New Testament leadership, meeting together. 
There's all these sorts of things going on in there, yeah? Three, two, one. Three, two, one, back in the room. Right, okay, all done? Right, what we're gonna do, so um, we're not gonna kind of go around all the tables. What we're gonna do is just get you to shout out maybe one table at a time. We'll just go around maybe twice. I reckon that I've done this exercise quite a few times. Sometimes people have about seven, which is great if you can reduce it. Sometimes people have like 15, and then we have to just sift it through a little bit. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're just going to, we'll start over there with Mike and Sue, and we'll just go around, just one shout out from each table. So what have you got? Brilliant. So should we say, so we'll pick up on the first one. So unity, yeah? Can we go, call it unity? Yeah. Is that all right? So I'll put that in there somewhere. So they've got unity. I know there's a lot in there. Unity derived from belief, and then it outworks itself into other bits and bobs. Um, next group, the Naughty Boys table in the middle. <laughs> go for it. Community. Community. Okay, so they're meeting, so fellowship. I'll go, go for that at the top, yeah? So there's... Fellowship. My pen's not working, hang on. Fellowship. Um, so there's a, a genuine sense they're meeting together regularly, they're enjoying it. Um, it says also a bit later on that they're meeting not only in the temple courts on a Sunday, but they're also meeting during the week in homes. And when they're doing that, they're also eating. So there's a real sense of it's not just a, they're going to a meeting, like we might go to Costa for a couple of hours. There's a real sense of this being a community, a family. So I'll put fellowship slash family... Um, next, the good boys' table. <laughs> Selling possessions. So, what do we want to call that? Why did they sell possessions? Generosity. What was? What does it say? They they sold their possessions and. Yeah, so what, how are we going to... So they're selling their own stuff, so their, their stuff doesn't have them. Um, they have it, they have a sense of it. Um, and so they're able to hold it very lightly. And there's a sense of sacrificial generosity, isn't there? I think that's... So we'll call, call it that, sacrificial generosity. So they're not just keeping what they've got for themselves. Um, like I said earlier, there is a famine going on in Jerusalem right now and so there are people literally who are going to die they can't get home they've got no resources they're there to worship the God of Israel Israel to worship Yahweh from lots of different nations and if people don't aren't sacrificially generous to them literally they are going to die um, and so this is a beautiful image of meeting people's needs um, not just people's wants meeting people's genuine needs so there's a real sense that I cannot put food on the table today. I have not got a roof over my head. I am going to shrivel up and die. I'm like a tree that is not planted by a stream of living water right now. And other people are saying, it's all right, I'm going to sell my field and we're going to provide for this group of people over here. There's people literally that have got a lot that are giving a lot. There's people that have got a little who are giving out of the little they've got. It's a beautiful image. Um, next, Natalie, Holly and Lydia. Where's that, darling? 
They praised God. So there was a, well done, darling. So they're, they're praising God, so there's a sense of worship. Which I think is actually demonstrated in the sacrificial generosity and the fact they're meeting together. It's not just a spoken or a sung thing, but the way they're living their lives physically is an act of worship. Next table. Yeah, we come up with the main point of being devoted. Yeah. That's good. So number one is devoted. So well done. Gold star for the table there. That was probably Ian's idea, wasn't it? Was that your suggestion? I'm sure it was. Um, And so the whole thing flows from devotion. Um, We were actually talking about this as a family around the table. Um, I think it was yesterday. We were talking about obedience. Um, Obedience that flows from devotion is beautiful because it's, it's born out of love. So we see Jesus on the cross laying his life down because we see his love demonstrated for us, we are able to love him because he loved us first. We see that and we respond to it. Obedience that's driven out of just legalism or law, you should do, you must do. A pharisaical, like the Pharisees, where it starts to get a bit dry, a bit religious, a bit legal, a bit like, no, no, the, the, you're not doing it right. The law says this, the Bible says this, you're not doing it. That gets disconnected sometimes from a heart of devotion that, that becomes slavery. So obedience that's not driven from love actually ends up quite oppressive, quite slavish, quite driven, and, and actually it just it burns you out. And so devotion is a beautiful thing because it starts with love. This, this community, just peeling it back to the last few verses, they've literally heard the gospel, they've responded to it in great faith, and the only natural response they can do is now give themselves to these practices, to these ways. And I think it's interesting, the very next one, the very thing they give themselves to, the first thing, is actually learning from others who spent time with Jesus, to apostles, the teaching of the apostles, which is word-based, it's Christ-centred teaching. So we're not talking about, oh, Gordon's got some great ideas. If it's not centred on Christ, then it's worthless. So what they've given themselves is to a community way of life that is centred on the ways and teaching of Jesus. And they've given themselves, devoted, I heard over here, like all in, they're wholehearted, holding nothing back. And they're not just saying, yeah, that's good, yeah, we're that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. They're actually looking to change their lives. Yeah. Their whole lives have conformed and are being transformed by a new way that none of them knew. They only, like, it doesn't say, oh, they went to the latest guru on. Like, who do you follow? Like, I was saying to the boys, like, you, there's a lot of people you could believe that are worth following because they've got billions of followers on Instagram. Or whatever. So I'll follow that person then. But what have they got to say? Is it, is it truthful? Is it of any worth? Um, or is it actually trying to convince you to be something that you're not? And so this community had given themselves to those who had spent time with Jesus. Those who were going after Jesus, they tucked in under them and they said, we want to follow you, we want to learn your ways. And that way of life then results in all of these other things, kind of almost like it comes from the apostles and it starts to bubble over, a bit like a champagne. Not that it's a hierarchical thing, but the grace from God that was on Jesus comes through like his family line, effectively, into the apostles, the disciples, through all of church history into us. We are the recipients of their obedience. And there will be other people who will be the recipients of our obedience, but that obedience must be driven by devotion. If it's just driven out of slavish, like, Gordon's banging the drum hard today, guys. We've really got to give ourselves to it. We've missed it. We've really missed it. And we've, So if we want to see multiplication that's healthy, we really need to take a note of that first one. 
because everything else really flows out of that loving devotion to Jesus. Next group. Yeah. belief yeah and so it says here actually like you said the way of life they've chosen other people see it and they get favor so this is a way of life that the onlooking world who aren't followers of Yahweh see and they get the church get favor because people say I've never seen anyone live like this I've never seen people selling their fields to provide for others I've never seen people giving their way their life to other people so there's like belief and there's favor just quickly, we'll go around, we'll try and get another one. There's a few more in there. Yeah. Go for it, just shout out where we are. Yeah, so I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put Holy Spirit, because I know it says signs and wonders, but I think that would be things like healing, words of knowledge, um, that would be probably dreams. It, it's like a supernatural Holy Spirit driven activity that the church couldn't do. They, all that, they prayed, but they can't manifest that stuff. The one who's doing that is the Holy Spirit. So this is a Holy Spirit kind of infused community. The Holy Spirit is infused through them. It's beautiful. Breaking bread. Another one, prayer. Um, so I'm going to put communion. So gathering around, like we have done this morning, gathering around the Lord's table, making him central. Getting our heart right, sober judgment. I'm, I'm approaching with a wrong heart. I need to sort this out before I approach. Well, I'm heaping judgment on myself. What about awe? Awe, yes. So awe is an interesting one. I think it's similar to the Holy Spirit and the favour. Um, awe comes on them as a result of the first four things they give. Well, first five things they give themselves to. So they give themselves to healthy leadership, to the Word of God, to fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer, and as a way of devotion to those things. Awe manifests amongst them, and they're just like in awe of Jesus, who he is, what he's done, that God's great big story from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This is what the apostles' teaching would have been. It would have been fleshing out um, who Jesus was, what he was about, the way that he, he was the one from um, Isaiah. He was the one there in Genesis. The whole story, a bit like the road to Emmaus, where Jesus rocks up with the two people walking back after the crucifixion. It says he taught them about himself from the scriptures. Jesus was literally saying, look, I'm here in the Old Testament. I'm there. I'm there in the Pentateuch. I'm there in, in the books of Moses. I'm, I'm all the way through it. I'd have loved to have been at that Bible study. That must have been amazing. And so always an interesting one. I think, so where we were saying there are things that they do, there are things that the community around them, that they're within, do or receive, and then there are things that God does. I think God produces awe. It's weird, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you, like when, I, when I've been at football matches, this is probably, the, other than in the church, the closest time I've ever had a real sense of awe is when there's just some, maybe the birth of a child. We've not had that, but for some of you, you would have had the birth of a child. There's an incredible sense of awe, yeah. isn't there? In that moment, look at the tiny fingers, the life, there is life. And that, that comes from somewhere, doesn't it? But, it? but I'm not sure, I can't feel that right now. And I'm sure you can't read, other than remembering... It, it, it's like something that's a grace that comes on you, isn't it? It's an interesting one. But yes, definitely you're. Any others? Yeah, so glad. 
So there's gladness amongst them. There's there's um there's food. So there there are meals. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And so I think this is a. So when you look at this, does this does this feel very like when they're they're meeting? So they're they're meeting like in closed settings and public settings, synagogue, big massive communal meeting in the middle of Jerusalem, um, and then they're meeting in homes for food and meals, a bit more personable. So where we're talking about Sundays, a bit more big setting, a bit like a synagogue. Well, that's not. And then we've got smaller house groups that we'll be meeting in sometimes with food um, and so there's different levels of connection but this very much feels like a visible community enjoying Jesus publicly it says that there's favour on them from their community so there's a real sense that the world they live in knows what they're up to because they're getting favour from it because people are seeing the grace on them and this is a new thing people have never seen this before and so you've then got this whole thing we have got favour from Costas. Um, I forgot what I was going to put now. Favour from Costas. Um, so, the, so, so it's healthy because it's reproducing. So if this wasn't a healthy way of life, it wouldn't reproduce. Unless it was a very unhealthy way of life. Often that seems to reproduce as well. But, but it reproduces. People are catching hold of this, this way of life, and it's just going, like the whole thing of going viral. It's going from heart to heart, mouth to ear, person to person, home to home. And then it goes beyond Jerusalem. And if we read the rest of the book of the Acts, you see it's just going everywhere. You know, Eddie the Ethiopian eunuch, before you know it, he's off to Ethiopia. Um, first apostle to a nation unreached. Hasn't even had a, any training yet, but he's off um, seeing people. And he, he would have been doing the same, just teaching people to be obedient to this way of life. Because this is where the grace is. There is like a supernatural grace, a Holy Spirit thing that is born out of devotion and physically giving ourselves to some practices. And then some of these things we get to do, some of them we just receive, and some of them other people, it's their responses, like the favour. Belief? Belief, we've got belief up here, but it's, it's a good one, yeah, number seven. So yeah, so actually, so I'm going to put leadership... So healthy New Testament leadership, people who know who Jesus is and what he's up to. And then the last one is, um, it shouldn't be at the bottom, but just word. So then there's the word. Are oh, you doing that? That's all right. I've um, locked his all in. We're locked in. <laughs> Lock in. We'll be finished in about 10 minutes. Is that all right? Okay, deep clean. Thank you. It's a lock-in. Yeah, I've never had a lock-in in Costas before. Maybe a pub on a Friday night, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. Let's all give Dan a round of applause. Superstar. Has anyone got a lighter? Yeah, more winner. We're winning in that. Thank you. Yeah, we won't be long. Right, we won't definitely won't be that long. Excellent. Cheers. Thank you.
And so, as we look at these things, we're going to get on to the next little bit, which is what I want you to do is look at that list. You might have a slightly different list. Now, I'd probably try and um, condense this list a little bit. Um, but I think most of this, you look at this and you can think, right, there are some things in here that, so it's not just leadership, but there's a sense of devotion to healthy New Testament leadership. So there's that. There's devotion to the teaching of the word, Christ-centred. There's a devotion to prayer. There's a devotion to communion. There's a devotion to meeting together regularly, fellowship. So there are the things, I think, initially, that's what they're devoted to. And then out of that comes awe. And out of awe, there comes all of these outworkings. There's the Holy Spirit's at work. Seeing people healed, words of knowledge, all sorts of stuff. Just supernatural activity. There's unusual generosity where people literally feel the liberty to just sell the stuff that they've probably spent their whole life acquiring. That's unusual, isn't it? Like, that's, that's not that normal. Um, not in the world anyway. And then there's lots of other things as well. So then there's this meeting together. There's a real sense of their whole lives are becoming conformed to this this new way of life. And so one of the things that we do, I'm going to kind of demonstrate it to you, um, and then I'm going to get you to just to do this on your own. We've done this for the church, but one of the things that's really help, helpful is to look at this early kind of most embryonic form, purest form of the church. It's not been tainted by lots of church division and um, Luther banging his thesis up against the, um, the door and all that sort of stuff that led to the different types of churches. What we're going to do is we're going to look at these and we're going to say, right, okay, what of this am I doing? What of this am I not doing? What of this is embedded in my life and what of this is not as of yet embedded in my life? So I might look at this and say, well, you know what? Um, I'm devoted. Yeah, so that's going in here. That's going in the circle because I'm doing it. Um, am I submitted to healthy New Testament leadership? Uh, I think so, yeah. So I'm going to put number two in there. So I'll put number two. Fellowship, yeah, we're doing that right now, so that's good. Um, four, unity. Actually, you know, there's, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I, I've got to work on that one. So I'm going to put that outside the church because there's just some people that hurt me. So um, that one. Sacrificial generosity, that's always something I could grow in. So number five is going outside. Praise and worship, um, corporately, yeah, but not so much personally. So I'm going to put that on the border. Seven, belief, yeah, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Um, eight, favour, am I experiencing favour from other people? Um, well, yeah, we're, we're locked in at Costa, that is unusual. Um, how many people get to say that? Um, Holy Spirit, am I seeing signs and wonders everywhere I go? Um, I can't do that, but I can pray and press in for that, and I'm not seeing a lot of fruit of that, so I'm putting that outside. Prayer, um, again, I'm going to put that on the border, because I, I do it um, publicly, but maybe not so much quietly on my own. Um, communion, yeah, that's a, a regular practice. Gladness, I'm pretty glad. Meals, yeah, we try and eat with other people if we can. Am I reproducing in other people? Multiplication, um, I'm going to put no. And then the word, yeah. Okay, and so you can see here, there are some practices that I have got that are not yet embedded into my, my life. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> For the sake of this illustration, I appreciate your encouragement. Um, so, as we look at the word, this is basically like a bit of an MOT or a health check. This is, this is what a healthy church looks like. This is what healthy disciples look like. So we can apply this to your own life. You can apply this, how are we doing as a family? You might be able to say, um, what of this are we doing as a family? 
do we do this? That's a really helpful question. Do we do this as a church, like a hope group, when we both hope groups? Are we doing this together? Do we have communion? Do we do this as a church? We could even overlay this over churches together in Sittingbourne or over relational mission, New Frontiers. What of this are we, are we strong at? What of this are we weak at? And so I want you just to go through thinking purely of yourself. Be very, very selfish. Um, do the circle. Um, we'll use this list, but if you've got your own list, there's any on, on there, go for it. Um, and then what I want you to do is then write down the, the words of the ones that you're not, not rocking in yet. You know, the ones that you're maybe lacking in a little bit. There's probably going to be about three or four. That's okay. We, I expect that. That's not like a, you've, par, you've failed and you're not allowed to go on the road. Because that would happen with your MOT, wouldn't it? You know, you've got a bald tyre, you can't leave the test centre until you've paid for a new tyre. That doesn't happen if you're not praying. We don't say, well, you're not praying, so you can't leave Costa until you start praying. Um, but the, the great thing is, is this will give us a few things that we might think, actually, you know what? My priority over this next couple of months is to try and grow in my study of the word or to try and grow in my meeting together more regularly with other people. Because I just see, I'm, I'm biblically convinced it's in the Bible. They did it, there was a grace on them for it. I've not got that grace, so surely if I change my way of life, I might actually start to experience what they were experiencing. Sound okay? Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. Just go through that list.